Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome, everyone. So glad you're tuned in to Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs, and I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Weld County, northern Colorado, and I will be your host for this hour as you call in with questions and give your prayer requests. So as you just heard the number given to you, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. And love for you to grab one of those open lines. Uh, grab it early in the show. Uh, let's get the phones ringing, and let's talk about the Lord. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. And I think it's so important for us to do that, especially in this time, because as we watch the news, of course, we want to be informed, and uh, we want to uh, know what's going on. But it seems like it's all about COVID, 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 and restrictions, restrictions, and all these things. Yes, we need to be informed on the different things that are taking place, but we get one hour here where and it's just not COVID, all the other things that are going on around us and uh, all the information we get bombarded with. Uh, we get this hour to talk about Jesus, to talk about the Word of God, to talk about the things of light. They they say that today, um, during this time of the year, that it's the darkest days. Uh, and th- they mean that literally because the days are going to keep getting shorter for the next two weeks, and then the days will start to lengthen. But the days are short, and uh, it does get dark early. And some say it's a dark time of the year when it comes to health and, and all these things. And and maybe spiritually you feel like there's darkness all around you. We get to talk about light. We get to talk about truth. We get to talk about God's faithfulness and His comfort and His mercies that are new every morning. And uh, that's what I want to encourage you in. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. Let's encourage one another. Let's bless one another. Let me uh, show you the scriptures as best I can to answer your questions or to pray with you. And I know that many of you have prayer requests because the holiday season, the Christmas season, can be a difficult time. It can be a time of uh, difficulty and trials or loneliness or despair, depression, whatever it might be. Um, And it's for various reasons. And I just want to encourage you and give you a message of hope and a message of comfort and a message of of just uh, um, stability and and strength that we find in the Word of God. So 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. There's another way for you to be able to uh, call in, or not call in, but to ask a question and a prayer request is a text line. No one will answer that line. Uh, it's for texting only, and that's 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And as time permits, uh, we will take those prayer requests and those questions during this hour. The call-in for you to be on the sh- uh, air is 303-690-3000. So give me a call. love to talk to you. want to welcome all you who are listening live on this Tuesday 
and Grace FM all along the Front Range from Pueblo, Colorado Springs, 101.7. Love to hear from you guys down there. Got so many good friends down there. Love you guys down there. Pray you're doing well. Give me a call. Love to hear from you. And uh, and give us a call here on Calvary Live and then 89.7 from Castle Rock and Parker on up. I'd uh, love to be able to talk with you as well. Up in the southern Wyoming, uh, you in Wyoming, love to talk with you guys. Love you guys up there. And uh, so glad that we can be connected together. But I also want to welcome uh, those of you who are listening on Truth or Hope FM, Refuge FM, uh, any other radio station a- across the country. And we want you to call in as well, 303 690 uh, so blessed that I've talked to so many out on the East Coast and all, really all around the country and and uh, the online listeners as well. We we welcome you anywhere in the country. Uh, you can call that number 303-690-3000. So welcome, everyone. What a privilege for us to come together. We need to come together, as I mentioned. So uh, we'd love to have you call and uh, give us a uh, a question or to to give a prayer request here on today's show. Well, um, I, I do want to uh, very quickly read to you as it's, we're in the season of Advent um, in Matthew chapter 1, and then uh, we got one a line that is um, full, and we got two other lines that are open, and so fill up those lines, and we'll go to the callers. But let me read to you from Matthew 1. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and it shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him as his wife. And he did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Jesus, the Lord thy salvation, a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 6, as I read from yesterday, that the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. Call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I want you to know this, that God is with you. Even during this time that maybe you don't sense his presence or feel his presence, he is with you. He still is with you, and he's not going to leave you or forsake you. Give me a call to open lines, 303-690-3000. But Tony is from Greeley on line one. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi, Pastor Jeff. Um, this is Pastor Jeff, but Tony, I'm glad you called. This is Calvary Live. Okay, Pastor Jeff. How you doing? I just I'm called good. to um, see if I can get some prayer requests for my uh, sister-in-law. Absolutely. And... Um, How's she doing? She doing? She's in the hospital. She, I see. She's uh, in the hospital. She's uh, on a ventilator. Um, okay. They put a breathing tube. I mean, a feeding tube in her the other day. 
Okay. And Tony. I've been praying. I've been reading scriptures. Yeah. Um, I I understand that it's a process, patient, and just giving it to the Lord. Yes, and, and prayer. But sometimes you know it gets kind of gets kind of yeah. hard and difficult, you know. But Absolutely. that's what I've been doing. But yeah, yeah. So let's pray. You did the right thing calling us, and Father, we all come together and we just pray. For uh, for Tony's sister-in-law, is in the hospital with COVID. It, it's Lord, this is a real virus, and um, I just pray that as she um, is um, going through treatment and everything, um, I just pray that um, that you would just bring healing, that you would bring comfort, that you be with the doctors and nurses. I thank you for the medical team that we have in our hospitals and up here in northern Colorado. And, Lord, just give them wisdom, but, Lord, for your healing touch to be upon them, to um, minister to her. I pray you be with Tony as the family, him, are waiting. And it's a process it is. But, Lord, that you give them comfort. And, uh, Lord, we just lift her up because we know that you love her. And, Lord, we pray that you show yourself strong on her behalf. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Tony, we'll be praying, okay? Okay. Okay, brother. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And, uh, you know, we've had a number of prayer requests for people that uh, have loved ones or friends that have COVID in the hospital. And, of course, we hear about the numbers and everything, and, and certainly we are praying for them. And also, keep in prayer the the medical uh, professionals and frontline workers and the emergency rooms and up in ICUs and medical clinics and fields and those doing the testing, I know that they are um, such a tremendous blessing, and uh, they are tired. And um, just their courage, their, their you know resolve, their commitment is such a tremendous blessing. So we want to continue to pray for them. And if you're listening, you're in the medical field, and we just thank you. We thank you for your service. We thank you for uh, your training. We thank you for uh, helping and treating the patients. We pray for you. We're thankful for you. We remember you. And uh, and, and we just hope that we get some relief, and um, this thing will quickly go away, and there's healing in our land and in our people. But we do thank you for all that you do those of you in the medical field and, and and been doing this for so long. I know you're tired, but we are grateful for you and all that you do. Uh, 303-690-3000. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. The text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Teresa, who's in Maryland. Teresa? Hi. How are Hello. you? Hello. I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, good. Um, thank you for your faithfulness to Calvary Live. You bet. Um, I get a little nervous on the phone, but... Um... <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, just take your time. You're just talking to somebody, and and so glad that you called. I'm thankful you called. Okay. Thank you. Um, the Old Testament, the, the Word of God was before the foundation of the world, um, before, you know, God is I am. And then mm-hmm. in the New Testament... God's Son, you know, Jesus, who is God, on the cross says, 
to his father, God, forgive them, they don't know what they do. Um, was Jesus, was as, as the son, asking the father, God, to um, have to, for, I, I just don't understand why that part. <laughs> well, I think, Teresa, it, it's, it's an amazing um, thing that Jesus said, one of the seven sayings on the cross. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Um, and, and to me, that's just, wow, is powerful. Because I don't think they knew. They didn't know that they were crucifying the Son of God. Um, they they had no understanding of that, but the forgiveness of it is 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 amazing that he would come out and say that to the Father. Father, forgive them. Jesus comes along and he tells us that we are to forgive others, um, and the imperative of forgiving when we've been hurt, when we've been cut deep, when we have been, um, you know, crucified as you were by people. Um, it just, to me, is an example of that, uh, of how we are to do that, how we are to uh, be ones that are willing to forgive. Now, it doesn't take away the seriousness of what they did. Um, you know, those who are unbelievers still are going to, who do not come to the cross and and, and who deny it, are still going to be held accountable. But at that time, Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I think that it's just an amazing statement that is hard to really have a full understanding, but it does speak of his love, and it does speak about what Jesus was doing on the cross. He was dying for the sins of the world, and and um, and and so um, it is kind of hard to understand all of it. My I my thought was, I I just think the, his heart. You know, nobody can, you know, his, nobody can fathom his heart. I mean, Mm -hmm. the deep, you know, how deep it is. Um, I, do you think maybe he changed the Father God's heart in some way? No, I don't think the Father's heart changed um, at all. You know, Jesus said the Father and I are one. Um, He would um, say that, uh, that, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I do no works apart from my Father. They were one. So Jesus reveals the heart of the Father. And it, it wasn't that, I don't think God's up there, you know, the Father going, I'm going to zap them, you know, because of what they did. Um, I think it shows us the heart of Jesus. But also, when we see, it was in that upper room the night before that we know that Jesus um, as he heard Philip say, show us the Father that it may suffice us. And it was uh, um, Jesus that said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And what he was saying in that, if you want to know the heart of the Father, if you want to know the the nature of the Father, if you want to know uh, the Father, then you need to look at me. So, you know, it's an amazing saying that he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And I believe that, um, you know, Jesus is just showing his love in um, what he went to the cross for. Um, he never fails. Um, he, on the cross, he prayed even for his executioners, asking God the Father not to hold 
this sin against them. Um, and, and so, you know, he fulfilled his own command by saying, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Remember in the Sermon on the Mount? And they didn't understand fully what they did. Now, you know, you know what the interesting thing, it just kind of popped into my mind, Teresa, is that some of those Pharisees who led the way to have Jesus be crucified, you read the book of Acts and some of those Pharisees got saved. Um, but right now he's asking for that forgiveness and um, showing us the imperative to forgive, fulfillment of what he taught on, loving his enemies, forgiving those who persecute. It's amazing showing the heart of Jesus, but also showing the heart of the Father. Okay, I, I really liked that. Really spoke to me when you said fulfilled his own his own command. Yeah. To forgive. Yeah. And do you have the scriptures for the Pharisees that got saved? You can go to here. Here's an um, an important chapter, chapter 15 of the Book of Acts. Paul, Barnabas, and the guys from Antioch, they come up to Jerusalem to speak with Peter, John, the elders. They're trying to figure out what is it that we tell these new Gentile believers about salvation. Because the Judaizers had come behind Paul's ministry after particularly he went to Galatia, established churches there. Paul writes the book of Galatian, which was the first epistle that we believe he penned in the New Testament. And the Judaizers were saying, that's all fine and dandy that you have faith in Jesus Christ, but you must be circumcised. And they were saying you need to keep the law of Moses. So they are coming together in Acts chapter 15, the Jerusalem Council, and you read through there, and you see that at that meeting was also some of the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees that got saved. And um, they did end up getting saved. Now they were saying that yeah, they need to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. They were still bound up in legalism, but they had believed in the resurrection. What is not recorded in the book of Acts is any of the Sadducees that got saved. Uh, there's no record of that. Whether they did, any of them did or not, we don't know for sure. But the Sadducees were mainly the chief priests and the elders. They were the ones that uh, didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in coming Messiah. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in um, you know the afterlife, any of those things. So when they start hearing about reports of Jesus rising from the grave and witnesses, they really become the main enemies of the Christians in the book of Acts. Now, some of the Pharisees got saved. And who was the Pharisee of Pharisees? Do you remember? It was Paul the Apostle. Mm -hmm. In the book of Philippians, he says, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, you know, of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day. And um, so some of them did become believers. But but Acts chapter 15, you'll read about the Pharisees being at the Jerusalem Council. Okay, thank you so much. You're thank welcome you for your so much. to Calvary Live. You bet. Be sure to call back if you've got any more questions. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you, Teresa. Blessings to you. Love to hear from you guys on the East Coast. I can see that we got people listening from the Midwest and all the way from Washington to Southern California to the Midwest and down in Texas. So glad that you can join us. We got two open lines, 
3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. So text me a question or a prayer request, and if we've got time, we'll go to it. But in the meantime, we're going to stay with the, the phone calls coming in. Let's go to Tim and Aurora. Hi, Pastor Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. I just had a Absolutely. question about uh, Genesis 20, verse 6. Mm-hmm. And it says, and God, God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. Also, for I also withheld you from sinning against me, therefore I did not let you touch her. So my question would be, um, how... How does free will play into what was said in that verse? And if you could, would you please expound on um, the definition of free will? Because I possibly could have it mixed up a little bit, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, it's there. There is choice, free will. That you know, if he would have pursued that, he would have had relations with Sarah. Obviously, is what the text is showing us. Um, but God intervened on that. And, you know, there is times where God can intervene, you know, on our free will. It's something that I don't fully understand. People ask about free will. They ask about God's sovereignty. Uh, here you see God's sovereignty that he steps in and says, you're not going to touch her or you're a dead man. And um, so his his free will obviously was overruled. Um we do have a free will. Why doesn't God do that always? I don't know. I don't understand it all. I know that we have choices to make, um, that the Lord gives us his word, that he works in our lives, that he directs us, he prompts us. Um, there are sometimes he steps in to man's affairs in a very real, powerful, radical way. And he did at this point, uh, but I don't fully understand it all. Um, and I do know that we have a free will. We're not puppets, are we? We're, you know, we're not strings being pulled by the Lord all the time like puppets, um, but we do have a free will. And we also know that God intervenes in our lives at times, and um, the sovereignty of God is working as well. So they're both at play here in this. I don't fully understand it, but I know that God was working according to his will and according to his purposes and you're not going to touch Sarah. And um, and um, both are at work there when he wanted to do the free will, but obviously God stepped in and said, you're not going to touch her. And um, he says, I did this in the integrity of my heart, verse 5. Or that word integrity means in the innocence of my heart. According to his culture, his way of life, he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. And the Lord said, oh, yeah, you are. You're not going to touch Sarah. So I don't know if that helps at all. That relate to what God did with Pharaoh in Egypt because it was sort of a not not a similar thing, but it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh hardened Pharaoh's heart. But was wasn't that due to the Pharaoh already having his mindset and going back on yeah. his word, yeah. you know, however many times and. Right. God knowing right. that he was just going to rebel anyway, you know, in his heart. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, the Lord does know the end from the beginning. He knows all things. And it was Pharaoh, I believe, if you go through and count it, that um, when Moses first started out before he even um, um, met uh, Pharaoh, 
the Lord said that I'm going to harden his heart. But the Lord in his foreknowledge, and that's something that we don't have is foreknowledge. But the Lord in his foreknowledge knew that that he would harden Pharaoh's heart. But when you see the first encounter of Moses talking to Pharaoh, it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. He hardened his heart. He hardened his heart, I believe, eight times. And um, and then it says that the Lord hardened his heart. And what it's saying in that, when he hardened his heart, he was confirming what Moses or what Pharaoh had already done, hardening his heart over and over and over again. And I think that's kind of a warning for us that it's not a good thing to continually harden your heart, harden your heart, harden your heart against the Lord. But Pharaoh did that, and the Lord confirmed it. Um, so he says that the Lord confirmed this, you know, hardened his heart. That something that can is possible for a person to have happen to them if you just turn away from God repeatedly and follow your own will. Is it, is that a possibility to say that that would happen to a person? That that could happen to a person? Well, it says Scripture says that God will not strive with man you know, always. And what exactly does that mean? Is there a point where a a man hardens his heart so much that uh, there is no hope? I I don't know where that point is. Um, You look at Paul the Apostle, who was one that, um, you know, was so hard against the Lord. He He was going up to Damascus to kill Christians. That's about as hard as you can get. He was so zealot um, and zealous for his religion, for Judaism, but yet God miraculously, very radically you know, intervened in his life. So it's not a good thing, we know that from Scripture, to continually harden your heart. That's why I tell people, you know, when we give opportunities for people to come to the Lord, that, you know, you can hear the gospel and you kind of starts touching your heart and you realize it and it's like, oh, man, and then you resist it. Well, I think if you resist it again and resist it again, that each time it gets a little bit easier, that's not a good road to go down. Perfect. Well, I, I appreciate that. That answered my question because it is, it's it's hard to understand. And, you know, I just, I just wanted to ask that because that was what I came across today in my reading. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome and a good question. But the bottom line is, I, I don't understand all the, the, when it comes to free will, sovereignty of God, predestination, all these things. Do we have a choice? Yes, we have a choice. Jesus cried out, whosoever calls, you know, whoever comes to me. Uh, the scripture says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're all in that category, right, of whosoever. Yes. But then we also know that he chose us before the foundation of the world. How it all works, exactly. I don't know. And and we can't fully understand. I think it was Tozer that said if God was big enough to, um, or, you know, big enough to figure out, or uh, small enough to figure out, he wouldn't be big enough to worship. Um, yeah. He's an infinite God. We have finite minds. I, I used to wonder when I was young, um, is, uh, Tim, is why would you save me, Lord? And I don't worry about that anymore. I just rejoice in it. Thank you, Lord, Amen. that you chose Amen. chose me before the foundation of the world. And then I am also thankful that um, that somebody took the time to witness to me. And um, so it's both at work, and the invitation is for all to come. Uh, but in his foreknowledge, he knows who's going to come, 
and and it's at work and I just kind of leave it there. Perfect. Well, I I it's much appreciated. I appreciate you taking my call and uh thank you. You are welcome. Good question. Appreciate you calling. All right, let's see. We're just about ready to get a little break here in just a little bit. It's the only break of the show, and uh, and we got a couple open lines, so grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897, so I'd love for you to text in a question or prayer request. Hey, two open lines. Grab them right now, and we'll continue with phone calls. Susan is waiting. Susan, if you can wait, and we'll pick you up right after the break. Be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. Always blessed to be with you. It's a privilege to host this show and so glad that I can talk with you or uh, read your texts and love for you to call in. 303-690-3000. we got a couple open lines. And uh, you can ask your questions or give your prayer requests. The text line is 720-336-0897. And that is for texting only. Make sure you're safe. And as time permits in the second half of the show, we'll go to those text questions or prayer requests. But I'd love to talk to you. That's the heart of the show as you call in. 303-690-3000's had some great questions and prayer requests, and uh, we're going to continue with the phone lines. We are going to go to Tennessee, where Susan's been waiting. Hi, Susan. Hi. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Um, How are you doing? I'm doing good. What can we do for you today? Uh, I would like to request prayer. And I'm really having a hard time. Um, I have a a 25-year-old son. He was serving the Lord up until October of 2018. Mm-hmm. And he met this woman that was a seven years older than him. Um, she was totally conniving went to church, uh, let on like she was this, that she was an alcoholic, and she was using methamphetamine. My son got on that. And he is now, uh, he just got out of jail uh, two and a half months ago. He was under a $64,000 bond in two counties. My sister-in-law paid half of the bond, and my husband and I are paying the other half on a weekly basis. 200 250 a week um and i just found out uh, a few weeks ago my husband is drinking again and he's also using drugs and i don't know what to do i have a 14 year old in the home and uh this past weekend my 25 year old he had uh 
kid went out uh, to a friend's all day and came back in, and he was up all night, and I could tell from before that he was on meth. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so scared. I don't know what to do anymore. It's affected my 14-year-old, and Mm -hmm. he's not going to school. Um, He was doing it online, and he's a freshman this year. I had set up cameras all around the house, and they were cooking the methamphetamine inside my home. I did not realize this. I have a basement, and when I was, I've got a lot of health problems, but I'm praying that Jesus is going to heal me. I am a Christian. I believe that Mm -hmm. the Lord is going to take care of us, but I just need intercessory, intercessory prayers. I need people that, that can pray. And the right. Lord's will be done and get us out of here. I just want to get out of here. Yep, absolutely. You know, let's pray, Susan. Father, this is a difficult situation where there's drugs, even where it's being cooked. I pray that it would stop, even if the governing authorities have to get involved. And Lord, because it's poisoning others. And um, and it's such a, a terrible, terrible sin and bondage and um, it could spread to others. So, Lord, I just pray for a mother who's brokenhearted, uh, who's concerned for her husband, for her adult son, um, and I just pray for you to intervene. I pray, first of all, that um, that somehow that you would reach her son that at one time was serving you. The Word of God was in his heart. Uh, the Word of God um, to where he was serving. He was you, but all of a sudden the world took him and the enemy is so deceptive. And I just pray that you would bring him back to you, that he repent from this and from the drugs and, and, and creating drugs. I pray that for protection for her 14 year old son as well, that's in the house that isn't going to school. And Lord, I pray for her husband that is beginning to turn to things that it's just going to Keep him in bondage, alcohol. I pray for a miracle. I pray for um, that you would intervene, that you would show yourself strong on behalf of this family. Lord, that you be with Susan and protect her and step in um, and, Lord, work. Um, and we just lift it all up to you. You said in the book of Jeremiah, there's nothing too hard for me to do. And you can work, so we ask you to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name, thank you so much. I do believe that manifestations are getting ready. I feel it. Breakthrough. We'll be praying, Susan. I'm so sorry that you're going through all that. Yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Breaks my heart. You know, one of the things that we are tomorrow in our midweek service uh, going through lamentations, and Jeremiah is looking at the results of the sins of the people, and he's just heartbroken. He's weeping. He says, my eyes are like rivers as he's weeping. My inwards are, are just all tore up. And and he speaks about the pain that he went through. And and he wept. That's why he was called the weeping prophet. That's why the book Lamentations, he lamented over the conditions of the people. Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he wept over Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how he longed to gather, you know, uh, 
you know, he says, how I long to gather you under my wings as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing to come. And and uh, your house is left to you desolate. One of the things, the words that we read in Jeremiah is desolate, and people are desolate, and it breaks our heart, and we weep. Jesus is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and he weeps with you as well. And Susan, I want you to know that, that he's weeping with you, and and uh, keep praying, and we'll be praying with you as well. And it's so hard to see what sin does to people and families and to others. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Lee and Colorado Springs. Hi, Lee. Hey, hey how's it going? Uh, quick question in regards to the sinner's prayer. I feel I feel troubled in a lot of ways because I feel it dilutes uh, true conversion. And granted, it's the Holy Spirit that does the working, but I'm trying to get your take on the sinner's prayer and uh, what biblical footing you could uh, attach to it. Um because I've listened to John MacArthur and other, uh, you know, Reformed theologians that uh, vote against it, that think that it it leads to a false conversion. So, uh, yeah, just trying to see what you what your thoughts are. Well, I, I've heard that too, and you know, we know, and even you know, I've heard Greg Laurie, who does the Harvest Crusades, that not everybody that comes down says the sinner's prayer is saved. There's different different motivations why people may come down. They may feel pressure they, you know, to come down because their girlfriend wants them to, whatever it might be. I think what helps me is um, Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, and we just went over that, that um, what you speak sh- shows the, the evidence of what's in your heart, the manners of the heart, oftentimes. Paul comes along and he says in Romans chapter 10, he says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And then he goes on to say, to believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. So what we are saying should reveal what our hearts are. You don't have to say it audibly to be saved. Some people get saved by just in the quietness of, of just coming to the Lord. The Lord sees the heart, but whatever comes out of the mouth should be uh, revelation of what's taking place in, in our hearts. That's the key of it. So to say that, well, the sinner's prayer, you know, is, you know, God knows what the heart is, and he knows if somebody has really come to him or not. So I think that really helps me. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. So that speaking the sinner's prayer is should be just revealing where your heart is at, because out of your mouth speaks the abundance of the heart is what Jesus says. Right, yeah. I just see a lot of times, like I can even attest to it myself, that, you know, I've I've said it before in the past, and, I mean, granted, this was just my um, testimony, but it took a a humbling um, process and then a brokenness for me to actually... um, you know, come to the Lord, because and then looking back, I saw a lot of those sinner prayers, sinner's prayers really was just um, kind of like meant nothing, really. So I don't know. I, I feel like the church is doing a disservice to, um, you know, people by, you know, they'll say, okay, say the sinner's prayer, and then after they say it, um, you know, the congregation usually claps, and, they, and they'll, the pastor sometimes says, welcome to 
uh, the family or something, you know, along those lines. And I don't know, it, it just kind of, I, I want to have faith that that did happen, and I hope that it did. But I just know from personal experience that a lot of times uh, it wasn't the case. Well, I, and I think there's a couple thoughts on that. Uh, Lee, that uh, we need to consider. Number one is there's a lot of churches that don't even give the opportunity for people to come to the Lord. That concerns me. When somebody comes to the Lord, the Lord is the truly the only one that knows if they are saved or not. We don't know the heart. So we can give people the gospel. We can give them opportunity to respond to the gospel, but the rest is the Lord's. The Lord knows who's got saved, who didn't get saved. So I think to to bring it to the point of well we're not going to do that. We're not going to give invitations at, you know, church or give people opportunities because if they just say the sinner's prayer, well, you know, that's w- where the Lord sorts it out. And and I think that it's important for us to present the gospel that there's repentance first of all, there is a turning to the Lord. Um it's not just connecting to Jesus. It's not just, you know, um you know, Jesus is my friend, it's realizing that we are sinners and we need to turn to Jesus for forgiveness. It's the greatest need that any man or any woman has. And, you know, and I come to you, but the Lord is the one that knows, that takes. And the sincere heart that does it, we just, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we don't want to make it more complicated than it is. Sometimes I think, well, just saying a sinner's prayer is not enough, you know, and it's like then, then what is enough? So it's a hard issue. It's a heart that's given to Jesus Christ. And I've also talked to people on the other end that said, well, I was told that it didn't take, and almost like they have to perform. That, you know, now my, my you know, belief is based on performance and my salvation is based on performance rather than coming in faith. So I think that we need to tell people it is faith alone in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel message. And what Paul says, you confess it with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not that you might be saved, or it's a possibility, or you have to earn your salvation. So I think we have to keep a proper perspective and all that. Sure. Yeah, I, so, I agree to that. And I'm, I'm definitely not, not saying that you shouldn't, um, you know, welcome— right. And, and, and lead people to Christ. That's that's why we're here as, as born-again believers, is to spread the gospel. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think that it, it is, without a doubt, a heart in which only God knows the heart. I just, yeah. It kind of, like I was just saying, you know, sometimes I feel like it can be confusing. Uh, and you're right, it is simple faith. Uh, but, you know, even for me, I did have ex- exposure to uh, biblical teaching, but I don't think that it was to the degree where I, um, it, w- it actually, like, soaked down into my heart. It was just kind of like a head knowledge. And I, it, right. you know, I think especially the, where society is and, and everything is, is very superficial, and I don't know, if, I'm assuming it's always been like that because the hearts of man are, are you know, deceitfully wicked. Um, right. But but what, what I'm trying to say is is that I think that it does it, it does require the right understanding. But again, like God will transform the heart. And I forgot where it was also in the scripture where you know I think it was in Isaiah where there was you know the people that didn't have any intention to come to God. God just made Himself 
um, known to them. So I, it's definitely a work of God. I, I just, like I was saying, yeah, I think that, you know, it just has to be um, portrayed. I think especially a preacher that is preaching the word that, you know, is there, should be expositoring uh, the scriptures uh, would, you know, would just make sure that it's sound biblically how they deliver the, you know, the message of salvation. Yeah, and I think it's important that we make the gospel clear. The gospel is not difficult to, to understand. Um, it's It can be understood by a child can receive it. Um, but we do need to, to make it clear that it's repentance, um, and we need to be forgiven of sin, but we don't need to make it confusing. The gospel's not confusing, and the gospel's not difficult and, you know, to where, okay, that wasn't enough. you got to prove, you know, the thing is God knows the heart. We need to leave it there, and we need to stand on his word and trust in his word. So, And you're asking Lee a good question, so I think it's a good question. I appreciate it. And... Um, you just got to trust in the Lord. He He knows the heart, and I'm going to give people the opportunity to repent and turn to Jesus and uh, want to guide them in that. So appreciate it, Lee. Thank you. Love to hear from you guys down in Colorado Springs. Hope you guys are all doing well. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, the call-in number, and we do still have some time on the show, and we got a couple open lines. Love to talk with you. Dalton is on line one in Fort Collins. Hi, Dalton. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, so I just had a question. I was driving uh, on my way driving home today from work. And uh, yesterday when I was hanging out with my roommate, we were up snowboarding and everything like that. Um, these kinds of things kind of happen a lot with him. Uh, he just kind of makes <laughs> some sort of like a remark or like uh, he, I guess he, re- I don't remember the conversation exactly, but Christianity came up, but he brought up the story of Elijah and how in Second Kings, and I believe the producer said that 223, um, where Elijah uh, basically killed these kids for, uh, making fun of him that he was bald. And so I've never heard that story before. And, um, and you know, a lot of the times, too, he he just he reads these things and then doesn't keep them in context. So I was just curious about the context and for, you know, my sake of uh, mind, I guess. And then if it ever comes up again, I could talk to him about it again. Yeah. And, um, you know, to keep it keep it in context, you know, uh, I read these stories, you know, I'm bald and I tell them, don't, don't make fun of a, you know, pastor that's bald or, you know, this could happen to you. But, but seriously, um, it is an interesting story as uh, Elisha just came to be in the, um, prophetic office. And, um, you know, apparently we know what he, some physical appearance, he was bald. Um, and the idea behind the words, and I'm going to read it to you because um, it's an interesting story. That uh, So they went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up to the road, that is Elisha, some youth came from the city and mocked him and said, Go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. And they were mocking Elijah. Um, and it was more than just 
mocking him because of a bald head. The idea behind the words go up is Elijah go up to heaven like Elijah did. It, it, it He was mocking not only Elijah, but Elijah, and they were mocking God. So go up, go up, you know, they're mocking him. And so, um, you know, all of a sudden it comes out these bears. Now, what the interesting thing is, it says the bears came out and mauled them, but it doesn't say that the bears killed them. Um, they could have been killed, but they were mauled. And um, and so there was a cursing on Elijah and um, or a, a mocking of Elijah, and then um, they they were mocking his ministry. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, David said, don't touch the Lord's anointed. Now, that doesn't mean if somebody mocks my ministry that they're going to get mauled by a bear. But in this instance, it's something that happened. Right. Well, what the producer was telling me, too, he was just explaining that sometimes, you know, uh, God's justice is swift um, sometimes because there's a lot of different other stories that, uh, he just comes and takes care of, not really takes care of the problem, but definitely, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but moves swiftly in, in the just uh, form of things, I guess. Yeah, and, um, you, know, you know, some of these stories I don't fully understand is an interesting story, but you see that, you know, God was, I think, confirming the ministry of Elisha and vindicating the holiness uh, of his great name, and these guys are mocking and so this happened to them, and it's not a good place to be, you know, to where you're mocking the Lord and mocking the servants of the Lord. And I always tell people, you know, we're going to be persecuted, we're going to be mocked, we're going to be made fun of, but they're not getting away with anything. They really aren't. And um, in that case, they didn't. So, um, you know, it's just an interesting story that took place. Sure is, but uh, I'm gonna have to read it too, just just to actually be able to read it too. But I do appreciate you giving the context and kind of explaining it a little bit, because I'm sure even if I did read it on my own, I still wouldn't have yeah. <laughs> figured it out. I guess. Be so. any good. Find any good comments on it. Let me know. Call me back. Okay, will do. Thank you. You bet. A three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Is the call-in number? Let's go to Pat and Greeley. Hey, Pat. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you doing today? Good. How you been? I've been good. I wanted to follow up on the call you uh, prior, where they were. You were talking about the sinner's prayer. Um, yes. When I was saved and I did the sinner's prayer, afterwards the pastor asked me to stick around uh, a while. He wanted to talk to me. And what winded up happening, Pastor, is that um, he put me in a three-month disciple class with one of his deacons. Um, and what I guess I'm impressing upon the one who came in is if they just if they just take the prayer and then let you go on your own, I, I don't know if that's right. In our church, they immediately sign you a disciple. Oh, great. Someone, yeah, someone to, like I said, mine was three months. And they, what they did was they gave me the foundations of uh, the cross, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And they also had me write things and stuff like that. And 
And then they sat with me and talked with me to see if, if I was truly developing, what changes I was going through. It was a whole process. And right. uh, that was 10 years ago, Pastor. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Pat, you know, here's the thing um, um, is there needs to be follow-up. And, and that was a topic yeah. that we didn't really get to. But, like, in uh, I know in the Billy Graham Crusades, the Harvest Crusades, because I was part of a Harvest Crusade many years ago, uh, probably 20, well, it's been 25 years um, since wow. Great Glory went to Colorado Springs. And that was right before we came up here to Greeley. But a lot of the preparation was the follow-up, the follow-up of those who filled out a card. And uh, usually an evangelistic event like Dare to Share or anything like that, um, there's follow-up, and there needs to be follow-up, and we encourage that. Hey, we want to feed you. We've had discipleship classes. We had, um, that was very popular, firm foundation class, kind of what you're talking about, a class that gives you, you know, uh, the very basics of Christianity or get you firm in Christianity. We use uh, discipleship books by Larry D. Simone um, that uh, has written them, a friend of mine out in California that's used all over the country, all over the world. And discipleship is very important. I think that's really lacking in the church today. And and it can be hard as the church gets bigger, but that's why small groups are important. and um, And that's why... Uh, being connected to a men's study, being connected to a lady study, being connected to young adults. We've had, Pat, we've had young adults that are meeting. They've been meeting, you know, since September, college students. We've had a few of them that have come to Christ. They're, they've gotten saved. They knew nothing about nothing. But they came, they had their guard up, they were loved, they were uh, taught the Word of God, they were given the gospel, they've responded to it. It's, it's been great. God is still working. But we want to make sure that we follow up with them, and you bring up a very important key in that. I was nurtured. Uh, I was saved on uh, April 20th at 3.30 p.m. Uh, I mean, it's, it's as most of us know when that happened, and it's, it's in my mind. And God has blessed my walk. Uh, this month, as a matter of fact, I start seminary. Oh, dear. That's great, Pat. So you have to make sure you let me know how that's going. Yeah. I mean, Pastor, I, I, I'm telling you, I, 10 years ago, if, if you knew me or if whoever knew me, I would have never believed in a million years <laughs> yeah. I would be attending seminary. But then look who we're dealing with. We're dealing with yeah. God. We're dealing with God. Yeah. And you know what, Pat? In a sense, you've been going through seminary because you've been listening to Grace FM. Say that again? I said, in a sense, you've been going to seminary because you've been listening to Grace FM. For a long time now. I I support this station, and and, uh, all of of you pastors are just fantastic. I've learned so much from this program— and uh, it's a blessing. I mean, you, it is. you can't deny it. It is. And it's your seminary on the air. Second of all, be praying for Grace FM. Support Grace FM, those of you who are listening. And, Pat, I appreciate it. I want to get a prayer request in before we leave. Lynn from Highlands Ranch. Lynn? 
Lynn, are you there? Okay. Lynn, I, I do want to pray before we for your great nephew, two weeks old, has a strip, severe strip A infection. And uh, so, Lord, I just pray for that. I pray for Lynn, um, two week old. That's a great nephew. That's so difficult. I just pray that um, the treatment would work, the the strep would go away. And that is nothing more serious. Um, Lord, we just pray for healing upon that uh, young child. We just pray that you would just minister um, to him and be with Lynn as she's concerned for her great uh, nephew. Just bring the family peace. Your healing touch is so hard for somebody who's so young, and uh, we just pray for your healing upon them. So, Lynn, I wanted to get that in. Uh, hopefully you heard that and stuff. We're coming to the end of the show, and sorry we didn't get to everybody, but we just we don't have time to really take any more calls. There is uh, Karen in Windsor. I know you want to encourage Susan. Let me read it to you because we're going to hear the music. Um, she said she almost lost her husband a year ago due uh, to his drug addiction, but now is in a treatment facility, and pray, um, and uh, and so God is working in that. So Karen, I thank you, and sorry we don't have time to really go over all this because we're going to hear the music in just a little bit, but I appreciate your encouragement to Susan. Susan, if you're still listening, hey, uh, God is working. Uh, God can work. Um, drug addiction is such a terrible, terrible bondage. Many of you have loved ones out there that you're going through the same thing. Keep praying. Keep praying. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much for your calls today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. In Jesus' name, good night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.